Hello everyone, welcome back to Sabbath School from Home. This is our eighth episode in our second season on Psalms. My name's Cameron. And I'm Lachlan. It's good to be here. We're a bit late recording this one and publishing it, so if you do listen regularly and have wondered what's happened to us, all I can say is that I've been um, feeling just a little bit under the weather and have not been able to find the time to put together a recording. Yeah, and me much the same. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast previously, Locke, but I've started a new school, um, which is a school for distance learning. And uh, there's a variety of reasons that students are enrolled at the school, but the overwhelming one is that they have acute anxiety, hmm. sometimes associated with the autism spectrum, sometimes uh, social anxiety as a separate diagnosed condition, um, sometimes a variety of of things and and reasons and um it's a totally different paradigm being at a school where the loss of a student from the school is the very best success story uh, so yeah our, our ultimate aim is to help students integrate where possible into their local schools um mm-hmm. and there's a whole bunch of i mean that's just one observation but the way that permeates the staff culture and the way things are done and just everything, it feels quite a different place. Uh, but it has kept me quite busy. I'm starting at a new school, um, always does. And uh, that's the only excuse I can plead uh, to <laughs> not having been here for the recording. Like, let's jump in and read Psalm 141. We're talking about wisdom. And yeah. this was one of the Psalms referred to in the lesson. And it's one that we've not talked about. So uh, I I might read the whole thing. It's only 10 verses. Okay, go for it. O Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds in company with men who work iniquity, and let me not eat of their delicacies. Let a righteous man strike me, it is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, it is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Yet my prayer is continually against their evil deeds. When the judges are thrown over the cliff, then they shall hear my words, for they are... What on earth? Look, sorry, I've just... uh, uh, Into the swing of this, and I was just passing the meaning of what I was reading, and then... We really yeah, need Ken. What is it? <laughs> we need Ken for when, this one as a judge. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. When their judges are thrown over the cliff, then they <laughs> shall hear my words, for they are pleasant. As when one ploughs and breaks up the earth, so shall our bones be scattered at the mouth of Sheol. Oh, we need. There's lots to talk about here, look. Um, but mm. my eyes are toward you, O God, my Lord. In you I seek refuge. Leave me not defenceless. Keep me from the trap that they have laid for me. And from the snares of evildoers, let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by safely. Ah. Right at the very end there, I'm actually hearing echoes of the sorts of ideas that Jesus summarizes in the, the Lord's Prayer. So at the end there, you know, keep me from the traps that the, that the, these wicked people have set for me from the snares. Um, that's a little bit reminiscent of when Jesus in the Lord's Prayer prays, you know, lead us not into temptation. Yeah. Deliver us from the evil one. I saw parallels to Christ's teachings in other ways, Locke. Um, the set a guard over my mouth, Lord. You know, when Christ says, it's not what goes into your mouth that makes you unclean. 
Mm. It's what comes out of your mouth because the heart of man is evil. And and, that's very much the sentiment here. It seems that the writer of this psalm has achieved wisdom, at least in this, in recognising that he is, is not... He cannot trust himself to do the right thing all the time. He's asking for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt that some of the bits, you know, just before we hit record, we were we were commenting wisdom literature is a bit of a of a genre that we find in the Bible. Um, verses three and four, uh, like you've just said, uh, take control of what I say. Don't let me drift towards evil or take parts part in acts of wickedness. Don't let me share in the delicacies of those who do wrong. I liked that uh, mm. that particular phrase, but that that part of this psalm felt to me like it it could be it could fit. It it, it seems a little similar to some of the wisdom literature that we find in the Bible. Mm. Yeah, I thought verse five was um, I was about to say very striking. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a that's the one where he says, let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Um, what do you get from that sentiment? How did you read that passage? Like, What translation are you reading from, by the way? Uh, I'm open to the New Living Translation, which I find often gives uh, a particularly good set of phrasing for, for reading out loud, which is pretty suitable in a podcast. Um, it also brings a couple of these ideas to life. Very similar to yours. Let the godly strike me. It will be a kindness. If they correct me, it is a soothing medicine. Don't let me refuse it. Um, it's it's not so easy to be open to correction. And so actually what is being identified there is, is quite profound. Yeah. Because it's, t- it's, I think it's actually following on from verse 4. So... Yeah. The the writer of the psalm is saying, don't let me drift. I, I really like that word. It's not, don't let me do evil. Right, That would be very easy to identify. Yeah. But in verse 4, don't let me drift toward evil. Yeah. That's way more subtle. That's a really interesting idea. And then how how is that going to be achieved? That's where, well, let the godly strike me. It will be a kindness to be corrected or rebuked. By a wise and godly person. Can I just make an observation? Um, supposing you placed a witch's hat at one end of the school oval, let's say whichever at a school at an oval, and you went to the mm. other end, and you said, "I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to walk towards that witch's hat with my eyes shut." Mm. And um, there's someone standing beside you with their eyes open, and they are to give you directions. If you are a long way away from the witch's hat. Um, you only have to make very small compensations. If the person you're working walking with waits until you're three quarters of the way across the oval, mm. you might have to turn ninety degrees. If you're almost at the line at the other side, you know yeah. you might have to almost turn around. Um, in other words, the uh, I'm trying to think of some um, sort of physical metaphor for what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is that um, what I'm trying to say is that theater is s over r is um, that your angular displacement <laughs> is very small if you're a long way away from the from the target. But the closer you get to it, the more your angular displacement becomes. Um, which, uh, what I'm trying to say is, um, being corrected early might mean you mm. only ever need small corrections. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. this is, and there's, there's a sense in which um, God's people have nothing to fear at the judgment end of time. Because every day of their lives, 
they have asked and welcomed God's judgment into their life. Ah, that is a good thought. So this psalmist saying, God, please, I need, I need help. Can you do it early? Send someone mm. righteous. Send someone righteous to strike me. I'll count it as an anointing. Um, yeah. Do it now, God. Do it now. Don't wait, don't wait for me to go so far off the path that, you know, you know, stop me drifting into evil. Make that slight mm. course correction early on and help me. Yeah. Help me to see that. I, I think that's um, the voice of wisdom. Uh, it it definitely is, yeah. So um, I'm reading in the message now, like I've switched translation, because the message obviously is a paraphrase. It's not a translation. But it's it's sort of a sort of reason for being is to place the Bible into plain language. Mm. Um, and this is what he says. Uh, Post a guard at my mouth, God, set a watch at the door of my lips. Don't let me so much as dream of evil or thoughtlessly <laughs> fall into bad company. Uh, those people who do only wrong, don't let them lure me with their sweet talk. May the just one set me straight. May the kind one correct me. Don't let sin anoint my head. I'm praying hard against their evil ways. I let the leaders be pushed off a high rock cliff. Make them face the music. <laughs> one one of the things I find confusing is that there's quite a few places where it says they, them, and it's not mm. clear what the them is. No. He, he seems it, to have it, someone in mind. Well, it caught us out a little bit as you read it through, and... I, I've been puzzling a bit over it. And I think, I think it's actually drawing a contrast. So in verse 4, uh, it's talking about those who do wrong. Don't mm. let me drift towards evil or take part in acts of wickedness. Don't let me share in the delicacies of those who do wrong. But then in verse 5, it's a different they. Uh, if let, let the godly strike me. If they correct me, it's soothing medicine. So now I'm happy to be struck even yeah. by the godly, that will be considered a kindness. But by the time you get down to verse 8, um, I look f- to you for help, O sovereign Lord. You are my refuge. Don't let them kill me. Yeah. Now, someone someone striking me is actually is not the same as, but it's in the same genre as someone killing me. Maybe. So the psalmist has gone from being happy to be struck to praying that they don't kill me, and the they has changed. The they's and, changed. And the, the intervening verses were the ones that tripped us up. Um, I, I pray constantly against the wicked. Can I attempt a paraphrase, Locke, as you were speaking, something clarified in my mind? Um, starting mm. from uh, a paraphrase, I'll go from the start. Um, God, I'm calling for you, and I want my prayer to be counted as incense and offering. So there's a sense in which he's saying, this is all I've got to offer right now, so... I want this mm. to be pleasant to you. They talk about the pleasant aroma of the incense in the Old Testament. So, God, I want I want you to pay attention and be pleased with this prayer. I believe you know there's a suggestion that the psalmist is confident that what he's praying is mm. actually according to God's will. Um, uh, God, I don't want to be led down the path of evil. Um, I don't want to drift in that direction. I don't want to be caught up in it. I don't want to be tempted by these delicacies that the rich people have. Um, it's not that I object to bad stuff happening. Hmm. It's not that I object. It's, it's not that I want a comfortable life. I don't expect a comfortable, comfortable life, God. If it, if it was good people that were striking me, I'd be pleased. If it was yeah. a wise person who was correcting me, I'd count that as an anointing. But it's not. It's these people that do evil. And I wish that they yeah. were pushed over a cliff. Yeah. The world would exactly. be a better place. So it's almost as if yeah. the psalmist is saying, 
God, this prayer is nuanced. I'm not just asking for good times. Mm. I don't want life to be all beer and Skittles. Mm. I expect that at times I'll need correction. It just seems to me that the people at the moment that are doing the striking are not the good person. It's not the wise person. It's not the kind person. And they're, mm. they're not doing it to lead me to a better life. Yeah. In the light of that of that reading, it's interesting to look at verse 8, 9, and 10, the last three verses. If you had them only on their own, if you isolate them out, I look to you for help, O Sovereign Lord. You are my refuge. Don't let them kill me. Keep me from the traps they have set, from the snares of those who do wrong. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, but let me escape. Those three verses on their own could be potentially interpreted as God I don't want any hardships. I don't want I don't want to experience difficulties. Keep, give me a comfortable mm. cozy life. I'm not sure that that would even be the correct reading of those verses, but I'm I'm just pulling out that mm. that sentiment that it finishes with is sometimes what we're tempted to pray on its own. Yeah. Yeah, that's good luck. Those sentiments have been expressed in more prayers, um, group prayers, than the sentiment, God, um, you know, maybe it's necessary. Send someone good to strike us. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> we're drifting into evil, God. We, we don't. We pray not. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let a righteous man <laughs> strike me. It's a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It's oil for my head. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a really that's a really interesting thought. I think that is, um, you know, if we're thinking in the context of, of broad discussions of, of wisdom, I think that is the the essence of of wisdom in this context, in the context of sort of working out the big picture. I think so many people assume, oh, my life's going really smoothly. No one is striking me, <laughs> so I must be I must be doing what's you know must be aligned with god's blessing me um but it's it's empirically observable that sometimes people in that state are in fact drifting towards evil um c.s lewis said indeed the safest road to hell is the gradual one the gentle slope soft underfoot without sudden turnings without milestones without signposts Mm. well that's that's exactly. That's why I'm, I'm. I remain captivated in a way by this phrase. Don't let me drift toward yeah. evil. Um, it's it's a very excellent way to express it. Yeah. And yeah, Lewis Lewis's description of that is totally consistent, isn't it? And then there's of course Snoopy's, uh, Snoopy's book on theology, um, and uh, he's typing a book on theology and Linus says to him, you know, what's the book going to be called? And Snoopy says, have you ever considered you might be wrong? And <laughs> this is a, obviously a sort of a cry against the uh, sort of arrogant, um, my religion gives me a license to know the answers to all questions at all times. Um, of course, that attitude is not just found among religious people. It's also found among non-religious people. And the Bible is, in fact, a book which frequently encourages us to consider that we might be wrong. And um, this psalm is a good case in point. In fact, the, the, yeah. the psalmist doesn't just contemplate the possibility. He recognises it as a, not just a plausible, but a likely scenario. Mm. Mm. Is, there some, is there something that we should ponder for a moment about the way that the drifting towards evil and the acts of wickedness 
is associated here with what is being said. It's take guard of what I take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Don't let me drift towards evil or take part in acts of wickedness. If you were to read the drift towards evil and the acts of wickedness to me without verse 3, I doubt that I would instinctively assume you were talking about what people are saying. What people are saying comes up in other places, doesn't it? Because when the judges are thrown over the cliff, then they shall hear my words. Mm. And I think basically what he's saying is then they'll know. They'll know I was right. Yeah. See, I told you so. Um, (laughs) I think that was one of the things that tripped you up on the reading through because verse 6 in the New Living Translation, it says, when their leaders are thrown down from a cliff, the wicked will listen to my words and find them true. And and it was even worse in, in the translation you read. I assumed that it was saying the people that had been thrown off the cliff will hear the words and yeah. find them true. And that that was a, a hard thought for me. Yeah. Um, it seems that it might be the leaders of the wicked that are, thrown. are thrown down from a cliff. And then the wicked, who are now have just watched the downfall of their leaders, are now receptive and attentive and hear the words and find that they're true. Uh, that's what I think it might be meaning. Uh, one uh, might speculate, uh, based on this psalm, whether perhaps positions of leadership bring with them some very real and unique temptations. <laughs> because the psalmist seems to be a little bit sceptical about his capacity to lead. He's saying, God, you, mm. need, to, you need to lead me and, um, and send a righteous person to, to strike me. That's a kindness. You know, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but these the leaders of these people, not exactly specified very tightly, but they're, they're not cast in a very positive light. And obviously <laughs> the whole history of the Old and New Testament and humanity in general is that is that a power and respect, power over people and respect from them is a very dangerous thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, getting back to your comment about um, the lips, um, uh, that was the section and that was the context because it, it um, it's, it's in the context of evil generally, but it singles out the lips thing. Um, mm. that, that was the bit that made me think of Christ's teaching where he says it's what comes out of uh. a man's mouth makes him unclean and, um, or a tree is known by its fruit. Um, mm. That, you know, it's uh, not always the case because there is that parable, isn't there, of the two sons who one of them says he is going to work in the field and doesn't, one says he won't and he will, and he does. So, mm. you know, what we say is maybe not the most Im- important thing, but it seems to be a fairly, um, if not 100% reliable, a fairly uh, indicative insight mm-hmm. into the state of our heart. Yeah. Yeah. The I'm just, just for interest, following the theme of of lips and speech the psalm opens with a, a a statement i'm calling to you O lord listen when i cry to you for help the whole first two verses are talking about words being said yeah and then verse three shifts that slightly and says not just listen to me but actually take control of what i say yeah you know guard my lips so I'm calling out to you, listen to me, but also we need to go a step further. I need, I need you to actually take control of what I say. Um, and then down at the end of verse 5, after the, the soothing medicine 
of, of being corrected, but I pray constantly against the wicked and their deeds. So actually, this is interesting. That's not saying positive things. That's actually praying against. Um, not sure I've, I've done much of that as I reflect on it, praying against things. Maybe, maybe I suppose, praying against the wicked and their deeds. Um, it just seems interesting to me. It's, it's, not, it's not just as simple as saying, oh, you know, guard my lips so that I say nice things to people. Yeah. Um, you know, even within this psalm, there's, uh, there's praying against the wicked. And then, there's actually I don't know, a lot it we sort of peters pray. out. I, I, don't know, I don't know if there's a, a much of a thread there, because it peters out at that point. I don't, I don't see much more of the, of the theme of talking. It, it, um, it sort of gravitates to this picture stated a couple of times in a couple of different ways with the evil people falling into things, either falling off cliffs, uh, cliffs mm. or falling into traps. In terms of praying against evil, though, um, maybe we should do more of it. So, um, you know, I was looking at Google News today and one of the headlines was about the use of rape as a weapon of war in the Russian-Ukraine conflict. Mm. And I was genuinely uncertain. I thought, you know, I I don't like a media that thrives on just sensationalising, you know, bait clicks, bait clicking and everything. Mm. I, I don't like that. Um, and at the same time, I don't want to ignore a topic just because I find it unpleasant. Yeah, and so I ended up running out of time, and I didn't read the article anyway. Um, but um, as far as I was concerned, um, the headline brought to my attention something that is worth praying against in the context of this psalm. Um, yeah, and and um, at the e school where I am, where some of the um, dysfunction in the students I'm teaching and dysfunction. You got to be careful because sometimes it's just a neurodiversity. Sometimes it's it's mm. not kind to describe it as a dysfunction. Sometimes it yeah, is it's just atypical function. It's just atypical function. Um, mm. So it's not all dysfunction, but there is, um, for instance, as one of our students had a baby, um, mm. she's in year eleven. Um, I've had three babies while I was a student, but that was a university student. Mm. Um, as with a more stable home situation, you know, she's going to be in a tough place. At the same time, she's fallen pregnant and obviously chosen to keep the child. Um, mm. uh, and that's something commendable. But you, you look at it and you say, wow, it's not, you know, the, every child is a gift and every life is a life to celebrate. Um, and, um, you know, a 16-year-old falling pregnant is not so obviously evil in the same way that, soldiers raping mm. civilians and you know is evil but there's there's a sense in which um there's something to pray against and when i mentioned this to a friend she said uh, she said yes the evil is in society if we were civilized she said every community would have older women whose job it was to mentor young single mothers hmm. if we were a civilized society there'd be people you know whose kids had left home but hadn't yet got grandkids of their own Mm. That sort of demographic, um, who would just be there to give advice and help out, and when she said it, I thought, well, that's so obviously the case. Um, no, <laughs> it is. We really are an uncivilized. When when you think that these young mothers are probably going to get most of their advice off YouTube mm, mm. or Facebook or something, and and that's not altogether wrong either, I guess. But what I'm saying is, there's there is enough things and dysfunction in society at large. There are things we can pray against. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm feeling a tension here because 
I think more some of the things that I would pray against might be structures, power structures, political or economic power structures that I see as as being exploitative. And yet, I think it's almost more common for Christians to quote the New Testament passage about you know basically rulers are, are God's representatives or in pray in a sense have been put there by God. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to pray for their success. Obviously, there's a tension here because, yes, we should pray for wisdom, for leaders. We should hope that they can listen to good advice and make good decisions. But most of the great systematic atrocities in history have been perpetrated by leaders, political and economic leaders. Yeah. And, and you sort of, you know, you sort of feel like maybe there was something to pray against. So this is the question when... And and we've touched yeah. on this before. There's no real answer, but it's just a, a attention. How do you how do you respect in in a kind of a Christian responsibility kind of way respect earthly leaders, but not worship them, but then also uh, pray against wickedness yeah. and wicked deeds, and and actually, you know, what what about if we are the person who is called upon by God to strike as a kindness? Yeah, that's. That's an interesting aspect of this that we probably don't have time to get into, but that, that opens a whole new can of worms. It does. <laughs> how would you how would you know when it's the right time to strike? Well, this is uh, there's a couple of um, thoughts on that. One of the things that's been ringing around my head in my own private prayer life um, is that you have to be a very good person before you can wish ill on someone. <laughs> okay. So you know, Christ Christ looks at some people and says, "You dens of vipers and." You know, mm. bleached bones in an old graveyard. He's he's quite sort of savage on them, um, but then of course he is close enough to God to know. And you know, Adrian Plass said once that you have to be a very religious person to be able to write a secular parable. Ah. To be able to say you have to be very spiritual. He said, "My, I'm not quite spiritual enough to be that secular." Um, he said, because you know, <laughs> Christ's parables are nearly invariably secular in nature. Um, and I think that there is this sense in which you have to be a very, very good person or very close to God before mm. you can wish ill on someone. But maybe yeah. there is a practical role that's prayed, and this is something that is a personal challenge to me. You go walking through town and you realise that there are one and a half as many tents on vacant lots and sleeping bags under street corners and visibly visible homeless people. It's gone up noticeably since when you first moved here five years ago. Mm. And you talk to your friends who work in the justice system and they say, well, our um, public housing system is totally um, a mess. If you're a mother with children, you'll be put on a six-month waiting list, 12-month waiting list. If you're a a single male, you will never get a house Mm. because they are prioritised, understandably, for mums with kids, which is... I think what collectively as a society we think is a wise thing to do. But, you know, there's there's problems. And you look at this and you say, I don't know what to do, and the problem's too big. Mm. Well, you know, there's two, two, um, two paths that I've previously considered, and I think our discussion has opened up a third way, um, which I hadn't considered. You know, one of them is to say, all right, well, I'll throw, I'll devote time to this per week where I'll, mm. I'll write a letter to a parliamentarian. I've been meaning to do this for a long time, Locke, and I've never done it. It keeps slipping my mind unless I'm in some Bible study usually where I think, ah, yes, I should I should write that letter to that <laughs> parliamentarian and identify homelessness as an issue I care about. Um, mm. uh, or you say, oh, well, um, it's not my mission. I'll help where I can. And yeah. I've got my ministries. And 
But there is a third option. The third option is to pray against it. And it has some mm. practical impacts. One of the practical impacts it has is it keeps the um, discomfort alive. I like that phrasing. So instead of instead of say, so you say, all right, well, I, I, don't, I can't see the resources to deal with this right now. Um, I don't seem to have the time available and I don't seem to have the knowledge to know what, but I will pray about it. And it might be, Locke, that if you did spend time praying against it, if I did spend time praying against it, that that might feature as one of these small course corrections. You know, in other words, if we start if we start praying against it now, maybe in five years we'll be doing something about it. Maybe in ten years' time we'll actually know something about it. Maybe in fifteen years' time we'll be able to help other people do something about it. You know, there's mm. a, um, so and it, it, praying against something regularly would at least inure you against this drifting into evil. And one, surely one of the most insidious ways you can drift into evil is by accepting evil around us without letting it bother us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indifference. Indifference, yeah. All right. That's a very interesting challenge. I think that's something that's that's worth pondering on some more. Um, given that we're we're behind schedule to release this episode, should we wrap it up here I think and, we should. and leave leave ourselves and our listeners with that challenge? Yeah. And as a matter of accountability, Locke, next time we record a podcast, you must ask, or maybe not next time, because we might record next episode right now. But at some point in the future, <laughs> you should check to see if I have started writing a letter to my local members yeah. of parliament. And to see if I have prayed against um, homelessness in Launceston. Yeah. Yep. All right. It's a deal. Done. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, as always, we do... Uh, hope that this conversation um, stimulates thoughts in you. And if you want those thoughts shared on the podcast or you have any feedback, you can email that to us at sabbathschoolfromhome at gmail.com. We enjoy all the messages that come through. And uh, some of them are messages, just private messages to us. And sometimes it's a message that we uh, feel the person who sent it wants to share and we do so. And uh, feel free to pass this podcast on to anyone you feel would benefit and join us again next week. Mm-hmm.